0: Aloha, and welcome to the Word of Hope, with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Ralph will conclude his message, Drunk on the Holy Spirit. We're still in the book of Ephesians chapter five. And now with part two, here's Pastor Ralph believe in the Lord. This is verse 20 here. He's telling believers, believe in the Lord. Step over that line. Believe in the Lord, your God, and you'll be able to stand firm. Underline that sentence. Then he says, believe in his prophets, you'll succeed. After consulting the leaders of the people, watch this, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor And this is what they sang, and it goes on and tells the words what they sang. You know, when you read the Bible, put pictures in your mind. Think the story through. The choir is marching in front of the guys with the spears, knives, and arrows. And they're facing a bunch of other guys with spears, knives, and arrows. Does that do something in your head? You got an army over here, you got an army back here, and you got a choir in between them singing praises to the Lord as you go off to battle. There's something just a little bit unusual about that. But the Lord is putting Himself on display in these people's lives. And it says, they went out there singing these songs. Verse 22, I like this. At the moment they begin to sing and give praise, you see, at the moment they begin to start to act out their faith. The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had finished off the army of Seir, they turned on each other. The scripture goes on and says that when the people of of Judah went down to the battlefield, they found everybody dead, and there's so much spoils from the battle. So much stuff that they picked it up that they couldn't collect. It took three days to collect all the goodies that they got from the war. And they went back to the place where they had stood and praised the Lord before and began to praise him again. And they named that place the Valley of Blessing because it was the place that God had met with them. Not the battlefield, but the place where they stood and praised and worshiped the Lord and God came through for them and good things happened. And it goes on and says that they'd live for the rest of Jehoshaphat's tenure as king. They lived in peace with their enemies. They had peace on every side. This brings us to Ephesians. Now you heard the introduction. You want to hear the sermon. I think we can do this one in about five minutes. It's called Drunk on the Holy Spirit. We've been reading, and, and the Apostle Paul writes and tells us to put on our new nature in Christ. And he tells us to not give place to the devil, not let the devil have a foothold in our life. And he tells us to learn to walk in the light of the Lord, which means the direction that the Lord brings into your life. And and, and that's all good, but it really all hinges on the verses that we're going to read here. It's a kind of a, a, a juxtapose. Paul Uh, spends from chapter 4, verse 17, up to where we are, telling you things that you ought to do in acting out your walk with God. And then at the very end, he gives you the source of ability to do those things. I would put that in the front. He puts it in the back. We'll just go with him here. Verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 5, it's talking about make the most of your life. It says, be careful how you live, not as fools, but as those who are wise. When I was young, there's a song we used to have on the radio, Fools Rush In Where Angels Fear to Tread. It was a love song. But there's, there's this tendency of people to just react. They go through their whole life just responding to whatever inputs are around them. They never have a plan. They never have a purpose. They never have a, a direction in their life. They always just—it's it's somebody else's suggestion or somebody else's anger that triggers their anger, or you know, somebody else's just whatever. There's no plan. There's no purpose. There's no reason for their life. And and the Lord here is saying, be careful how you live. Don't be stupid. Don't be a fool. Be like a wise person. Make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days. What does it mean to make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these evil days? Well, we we live in some dark times spiritually. We know that. So what do we do? Get mad at the government, get mad at our neighbors or whatever? No, make the most of every opportunity for doing good. I think a lot of that translates into, as I live my life, I end up ministering to people. I end up caring and bringing the power of God. I was talking to a, a friend of mine last night. He he, he's a, a contractor. His responsibility is to deal with environmental problems at Honolulu International Airport. And one of the big problems is that there's fuel that's under the runways. There's, there's a lot of that, and, and their job is to get it out of there and, and all this. And He was working with some people from the state, and a guy did something, and he pinched his back so bad that he was just screaming in pain and wouldn't stop screaming. And my friend John, we've been talking about this in church, of being the church on Monday, taking the church into the community. And so he just went over and, like we've been talking about, without asking permission, just said, you know what, let's pray about this. Put his hand on the guy's shoulder and started praying. The guy looked at him like, what are you doing? And he said, the Lord touched the man and the pain went away immediately. Well, that's making the most of every opportunity. That's getting it out there. Another friend of mine was sharing. I think I told this in, start, in church last week. He he was on an airplane coming here from San Francisco. We we're actually on the same flight, and and he was with some people from Oregon whose daughter is is scheduled to die within weeks. And the community had raised money to send the family on a trip to Hawaii, and and they're just torn to shreds. And and we don't know the end of this story. We know what happened to the guy that got prayed for on the runway. We don't know the end of this story, uh, but. My friend said as, as he was talking to this lady, he had this overwhelming conviction. He just needed to pray with her. And, and he said, I just did this thing that there was, you know, I, I, Japanese male. You don't necessarily reach out to a haole woman and put your hand on, hold her hand on the airplane and you just met her. And, he's, and he just prayed for her and prayed for her daughter. And he goes, all, all I know is she was just crying and thrilled that I prayed. You know that's making the most of every opportunity. I talked to my friend the other day. I, I have a friend in California who's going through some pretty heavy struggles. He's got huge responsibilities and ministry things that he does as a volunteer. He's got a monstrous business that's a it's a glamour business to be in. He's, he's and he's going through all that. His wife has had cancer for seven years, and for the last three years, in July each year, a doctor has told the family she won't live to the end of the year. And it's just, it's just pressuring everybody out. They got children that are, that are high school age, just getting ready to go to college. They're having to live with this thing. And this grief has just become an overwhelming presence in their life that they can't shake. And I talked to him the other day and we spent about an hour on the phone and, and, and he said to me, you know, uh, something has happened here. Something has changed. He says, and it's, uh, he almost quoted this scripture, make the most of every opportunity for doing good in these days. He goes, we're we're living in such darkness and and we forgot how to live. And he goes, I just decided I'm going to trust the Lord and we're going to make the most of what's going on. He's accepted the fact that his wife is going away. And you know what he did? He went out and bought her a puppy. And if that isn't a hopeful act, I don't know what is. And he said, it's the goofiest dog you ever saw in your life. And he said, something has happened. He says, I made a choice to get just step out of the gloom and begin to do this, to live in the moment. See, we're, we're spending all of our time living in the future. What's going to happen bad? She's going to go away. You know, how are we going to handle? And, and there's that. they're making the plans. They're doing all this stuff. But they're not living in that dark future. They're living in today. And he goes, it's the strangest thing, Ralph. He goes, there's laughter in my house. And there hasn't been laughter in my house for years. And he goes, we're as a family. This is one of the best Christmas seasons we've ever had. We're just enjoying each other. We're enjoying the Lord. We're enjoying the dog. We're enjoying the days that we have. We're making the most of every opportunity in dark times. So moving on here. It says in verse 17, Don't act thoughtlessly, but try to understand what the Lord wants you to do. Think about God before you act. You know, it's, it's I, my life is fitting into his story. And I want to think about him. I want to know, what is what does he think? I One of the reference points is the scripture. Part of it is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. That I, I begin to live a life where I'm not just, bam, reacting to things, but I'm stopping and just, you know, God, where are you in all this? You know, some crisis comes, and, and there's this tendency for us to just go into... Terrible feelings in the pit of your stomach, and you, know, you freak out. Some of us respond in anger, whatever it is. Or, or you just go into a slump. Wait, wait, wait. God, what's going on here? What could you make out of this? How could you turn this trial into some victory? Because that's often what he does. And, and the thing that seems to be, I mean, it's like in Jehoshaphat's time. They got rich because those guys went to war against them. They ended up making out off of those other guys killing each other. So, how is it that God might take what you're facing and you're going, ah, and He does some miracle and you're going, wow, isn't that wonderful? Isn't that a good thing? You know, we're talking about building on this property. It took us 10 years to get a building permit. Isn't that awful? We just happened to be building at the same time that Bayview Golf Course was building. Nobody ever thought, I mean, I want you to know that you have church leaders that are just filled with the wisdom of God. Nobody, nobody for those 10 years ever, ever even gave it a thought that we were going to have to get rid of 6,000 truckloads of dirt in order to build something up here. And you know how you get rid of 6,000 truckloads of dirt? You buy a huge hole in the ground, and you fill it. You've got to find one of those first, and then you've got to be able to buy the thing and pay for it. And just coincidentally, Bayview needed our dirt, and they're two miles away, and they were willing to pay the trucking, which cost $600,000. so this terrible miserable thing I mean I remember driving up to Lique and I'd drive by this property all the time and and there was times I'd just get depressed driving past it. I'd go take the poly (laughs) and every time I'd be oh god make that wicked city give us a permit you know (laughs) (laughs) now we look around and go isn't it really cool the way that thing worked out you know one of the things that was wonderful is that we stayed smack in the middle of the life of this city by being down there, and that's one of the things that's kind of died out in the last five years, and we're coming back to it. You know, we, they, they couldn't have had their, their Christmas parade. We paid for the insurance for them to have the kind of Christmas parade. They're thrilled. If you notice the little newspapers that are coming in the mail this week, we keep getting on the front page over and over because of the things we're doing in this community. We've come back to life. Our troubles turned out to be something that God knew about beforehand and was able to do something good with. Is this good? Well, look at the last part here. It says, stay drunk on the Holy Spirit. Literally, that's what it says. If you could read this in the original language, get your pen out. We're going to mark your Bible up. I'm going to, I'm going to help you translate this. Verse 18 says, don't get drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. That also means don't get loaded on whatever you smoke because that'll ruin your life. It's instead let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. Now, watch. This is he's using drunkenness as a metaphor. If you get pasted on alcohol, what happened? The drink filled you, and it controlled you. And so he's actually saying, don't be drunk on stuff, substance. Get drunk on the Spirit of the Lord. Well, that sounds good. I mean, you know, we've all had times when we've encountered God, and there's been something wondrous about it, something unusual, something that, that filled our soul. And then the moment was gone. And Paul's saying, hang on to that. Let that happen. Let that be normative in your life. And, and you're going, yeah, show me the way. Well, that's what he does here. And, he, and, and, and watch. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the grammar of this translation that we use and make it a really, really, really parallel, the original wow. language. Where it says, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill and control you then it puts a period. You change that period to a comma. Write this in your Bible. And then it says, then you will sing. Cross out those words and write the word singing. Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making music to the Lord in your hearts. Comma. And then it says, and you will always give. Cross out the words, you will always give and write the word giving thanks. For everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go back and read the sentence this way. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, let the Holy Spirit fill you and control you, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, making music to the Lord in your hearts, and giving thanks for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you get drunk on the Spirit? You begin to live a life of worship. You do it by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. What are they? Well, Psalms, he's probably talking about the book of Psalms in the Bible. That was the songbook of people in those days. Hymns would be, there's a technical term about hymns, but really the hymns that he's talking about is, is what what is the modern, you know, what are you singing about God today? What are the songs we're learning to sing in church? But I think you reach back into history to the real hymns. You know, Tom Landesa has been teaching us to sing some of these 500-year-old hymns in our staff meeting, and we're going whoa, the content, the stuff it says about God, it's heavy duty. So psalms is the songs in the Bible. Hymns is the stuff that's available to us. Spiritual songs, you actually have to go into 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 15, where Paul talks about God giving you a heavenly language of of prayer and praise. And he says, I'll pray in that language and I'll pray in my own language. I'll sing in that language. I'll sing in my own language. I'm singing in spirit. God putting you know, syllables in my mind that I don't even understand. I'm just singing and praising the Lord. But how do you be filled with the Spirit? By singing worship to the Lord and by giving thanks to the Lord. And that's what we saw in Jehoshaphat. They were singing, they were giving thanks, they were positioning themselves in faith to embrace the things that God had in their life. Is, is this getting anywhere? Now, can I get a little preachy for a couple of minutes? A little, you know, rub sand in your eyes for a couple of seconds. I hear people every so often go, I really like to listen to Ralph talk, which isn't really a very smart thing to say around me because it makes my head inflate. <laughs> I don't go there for that singing, I just go there to listen to the message. <laughs> Aren't I smart? I'm sophisticated. I let all those weirdos sing I just go there to hear the message I mean really what we're saying is I'm intellectually superior To the rest of these people I told you it was sand in your eyes We're really saying I'm not going to humble myself To Put myself in a position to act out Adoration to the Lord And here's what I have found is That it's really easy for me to want to hang out there and just greet everybody all the time. I like you. I like to just meet people coming to church and hang out and just miss worship. I can, I can lapse into that where, uh, you know, I'm here for four services on a weekend and I don't, I'm not inside for worship in any one of them. And I go away and there's something that's vacuous in my life. There's something missing in my life. And sometimes I have to just rope myself under because I still am that person who has a hard time stepping across that line into faith. I still am that person who's very, very, very much given to, I can think things out, I'm smart, I can make this thing happen. And to get myself to a position where i got to go, Lord, I'm putting myself, I'm depending on you. And and so it's it's easy for me to actually come in and sit in worship time and and just sort of, I'm in my little bubble and everybody else is worshiping the Lord. And there's something that has to happen of, of just humility. I'm going to just step out of my little self-contained world and I'm going to humble myself before God. And it actually works this way. It's very much like when that guy prayed for my hand, just somehow giving in. I'll just go, okay, I'm going to not just sing these songs or I'm not going to just stand here. I'm going to pray these songs. And when I do that, something happens. And this business of of singing to the Lord, uh, the, see it, to me. It's equipping us for our life uh, out there. And as we as we as we do that, and as the giving of thanks, I, I think it's very important that when God does stuff, that we share it. One of the things that we've kind of let down on lately is, is is having people come up and tell stories of the things that God has done in their life. It builds faith in us, and faith is what we need because that's what's going to overcome anxiety. It's going to overcome depression. It's what's going to overcome physical threats to our life and our existence. We need faith in God, and as we surrender to Him, He's going to operate in our life. Paul says the key to all of this stuff is to learn how to stay drunk on the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, I know people that get rip and drunk. And I'm not even sure that's what he's talking about. I, I think he's just saying the the model is probably just to be a little tipsy, you know, just to sort of go through life that you're always aware of the presence of the Lord, and and you're always hanging in there with Him. That that's that's where we got to get. And as we get there, then we're we're gonna. It says the battle is not yours; it's God's. Choose not to be afraid, not to be discouraged, and then you'll be able to stand firm, get through whatever's going on. Just good let's pray together Lord we come to you this morning in Thanksgiving that we can be together Thanksgiving that we have each other in our lives uh, Thanksgiving for all the stuff that you've done Lord just just taking a moment to, to think about the crises that we've been through each one of us different ones the times that we've called out to you with not very much faith in our heart and then you've responded and, and you've blessed us way beyond what' we're, we would ever expect you to do and Lord, our prayer today is help us to learn how on a daily basis to step over that line into faith. Help us to learn to use the tools. I mean, that's really what Paul's talking about here is that we learn to sing praises as a tool for worship, as a tool for staying into the spirit. Lord, that we, that our, our giving of thanks is not just some by rote thing. It's something that we're we're honestly thanking you for the cool things that you've done in our lives. God... Help us to be drunk in your spirit, to face life with faith, with courage, with, with good plans, with your ideas, your thoughts, and to stand firm and to have victory. In Jesus' name. I'd like you to keep your eyes closed for just a moment. We're going to close this with a, another prayer. It's a prayer that, that simply is an invitation for the Lord to come into your life I'm standing here, the band is behind me, but they all have their eyes closed. I'm the only one that's going to see you do this because I know some people get shy. But if if you would like to pray a prayer that says, God, come into my life, I'd like to lead you in that prayer. By that I mean I'll pray out loud and you pray silently. That's what we just did two minutes ago. And it'll be a prayer that just says, God, I'm opening up my life to you. The, The interesting thing is that this whole thing operates on faith. And all that God asks us to do is to step over that line and, and invite him into the circle of our life. Invite him to be the leader. So if you'd like to pray along with me to invite the Lord to just come into your heart, I, I want you to just tell me that we're going to pray together. We're going to pray in about 30 seconds. If you want to pray, you signal me that we're praying together by looking at me. Everybody else has their eyes closed. I see you, sir. Who else? And you? Good. Who else? Do you want to pray to invite the Lord into your life? And you way in the back, gentlemen And you, sir And a girl back here A girl way over here looking at me Who else? And you, sir Good If I didn't see a wave at me Okay, let's pray It's a real simple prayer God, I know I need you And I also know that I've been living like I don't need you. And I realize that that's what you call sin. It's not all the wrong things we do. It's my attitude toward you that causes me to do wrong things. And so I'm coming today to just invite you into the circle of my life as the leader of my life. That you sent your son into this world on a mission somehow that his dying on that cross would cancel my guilt. And I accept that on my behalf. And so, Lord, I, I offer you my life, and, and I, I'm not making a lot of promises other than to obey you, to follow you. Lord, I'm, I'm not even saying I'll turn over a new leaf. I'm saying that I want to walk in the light of the Lord. What you have for me, I want to experience. I surrender to you. In the name of your Son, Jesus, I pray this. Amen. You've been listening to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore. Pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe.